0: I am the poster child for, that's the way they have done it. This is the way I'm going to do it, you know? That's what makes business scary for a lot of people is that they think it can only be done in this one way. You have an idea, you do a pitch deck, and then you go out and raise. I didn't do that.
1: Welcome to Who's Saving the Planet. I'm your host, Tony Noto. With me is Jessica Miles. How are you, Jessica?
2: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm, I'm all right. Not bad in the bitter cold of New York, but it's heating up tomorrow. We're going to shoot up to 60, and so things are hot over here in Manhattan. How's things by you?
2: Yeah, they're definitely going to warm up uh, to like around 70, I think, actually. So it'll be a nice way to get out and stretch my legs during this... Uh, Pandemic, we got going on. Yeah.
1: But do you ever feel kind of guilty whenever it's warm and the weather's nice that you're like, ah, oh, this is the result of global warming? And
2: 100% yeah. every time. I always think about dying polar bears. <laughs> so it, there's a lot of guilt that goes into my outdoor walks.
1: <laughs> yeah. If there's a polar bear starving somewhere, it puts a crimp in your evening, doesn't it? It does. But on this show, like all of our shows, we have someone who's trying to combat climate change and she happens to be a friend of mine. I've known her since before we launched Who's Saving the Planet. Her name is Fakile Mthalo, she is an actress. And lo and behold, she's amazing on stage, but turns out she's a pretty smart (laughs) entrepreneur as well. In the midst of the pandemic, she decided that something needed to be done. And I don't know if you know this, Jessica, but there was a huge uptick in PPE equipment during the pandemic because everybody had to go out and buy like masks and gloves and stuff right so sure. it turns out all that stuff just ends up in the trash ends up in our landfills and contributes to pollution because everybody decided they didn't want to touch stuff right for the yeah. longest time hospitals were very crowded and hospitals obviously needed more to handle these sick patients and there was a big shortage of ppe equipment so when we mass produced more What happens? The materials that those that PE equipment is made with, well, not exactly environmentally friendly. So what does Fakile do? Fakile founded Gloves, and they are medically grade. They are more biodegradable, and they protect people for when whoever for all your medical needs.
2: Yeah. So I know that the stat she gave us uh, when we were interviewing her was the normal not trial glove breaks down in a hundred years, um, but gloves actually break down in five to 10 years. So the idea being that they're in the environment for less time than just a standard glove.
1: She's selling these gloves directly to consumers. Uh, Weargloves.com that might be wrong. She's going to clarify in the episode. So if you're listening, you have to listen to the episode to get the proper URL. And yeah, if you're going to be buying rubber gloves, like we all are these days, why not make them biodegradable? And cute. And cute. She's come, They're coming out in different colors, right? Mm-hmm. What was your reaction to the episode? I thought it was a great one. I thought it was a really good interview.
2: Yeah. I think that it is <laughs> given our current situation, a very relevant and timely topic. And I think Not only is she addressing an issue that is important to people from a public health perspective, but she went the extra step of trying to factor in the environment as well, which just shows like who she is as a person, I think, because it could have been easy to just disregard the environmental factor. So I thought it was a really good episode.
1: Yeah. So many of us just sit back and just go about our day jobs without really putting in the extra effort to make a difference beyond that. And believe me, she's an amazing talent. You know, she didn't have to do this. This was something that emanates from her. She is truly passionate about the environment, so much to the fact that she bootstrapped this whole thing. She did not get any venture capital money. She wanted to have complete control over the product. And it's a real sign of someone wanting to do more with with their talents. And she certainly did that. And I'm really, really happy to bring our Who's Saving the Planet listeners, our audience, our family, what have you. Fakile. Fakile, mm-hmm. welcome to Who's Saving the Planet. How are you Thank doing you. today?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad the sun is out.
1: You're still in LA at the moment, right?
0: Yes, I still am.
1: Last time I saw you, you were a New Yorker. You were I don't know if you were living in, in Manhattan, but you're you're a booking girl.
0: Yeah. And now in LA girl, I sort of just decided to um, come out here because I just did not want the winter the New York winter COVID experience. New York <laughs> winter I can do, but like plus COVID, I was just like, nah, I'm out but I've been back and forth. I still have my place in Brooklyn, so. Okay,
1: good. And Uh, what about South Africa? Because I know that you were doing a show down there Mm-hmm. Uh, do you still b- uh, bounce across the pond to do uh, production stuff for Showmax? Which I'm very upset, by the way, I can't access here.
0: No, not in the recent while. Okay. I mean, I still go out for a bunch of stuff that side. But, you know, again, COVID has just made it so difficult to travel back home. Um, I believe they just opened their borders like two weeks ago. So okay. it's it's been rough. But, um, you know, I have work to do here. So I'm yeah. happy to... to- stay here for some time.
1: You have plenty of work to do. And from judging from what I've read about gloves,
0: <laughs> gosh, what
1: a job you're doing. But just a quick uh, uh, point of reference for you, Jess, uh, Fakili and I met a couple years ago on the stage in New York, we did a play together.
2: Mm-hmm. That's just. I mean, I, I don't have words. Obviously, that's <laughs> so cool. I'm. Oh gosh, yeah. Well, Je-
1: Jess wow. was laughing at me the other day. We were in this meeting, and and I slipped that. Um, when I was in high school, I played. Uh, I was in Greece, and she mm. goes, "Were you Kaniki? You were Kaniki." And yeah. I was like, "Yeah." I was Kanicki.
2: <laughs> <So> Kaniki's <laughs> the best. Yes. To
1: be Greece is not a good play at all, but, if, <laughs> but but Kaniki is a good part in that play. Yeah, But I'm wearing my Tish hat. I don't. You can't see it right now, in honor of you.
0: Oh, thank you. Yes, I bleed purple, still, yeah. years later. <laughs> so Fikile
1: is a, a Tish student, uh, so is my wife, Tess. But you guys uh, passed each other, because you were a couple years ahead.
0: Ah, I see. So, okay, so if, cool.
1: So Tess was on set for that. Uh, we were in the last days of Judas Iscariot together. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And, she uh, was Tess, producing, right?
1: Yeah, she was producer slash mm-hmm. uh, assistant director. So yeah, so she, Tish. I support Tish. This is what I wear in the blistering cold of New tish York. Tish
0: husband. Yeah, Everybody, Tish husband.
1: I wear the merch. I have a Tish t-shirt too that I, <laughs> I, I rated, got from her closet.
0: Do you have one of
2: those t-shirts that say, I'm a Tish husband? Like how they have at every school. is like, I'm a Michigan boyfriend.
0: I'm no,
1: a- <laughs> I'm going to get one though.
0: You, you should. should. <laughs> yeah. It's beautifully lame. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Not only is Fakile an amazing actress, but now she's an entrepreneur. And then I wanted to get in touch with you and and talk about it because I just, I had no idea you were a sustainability nerd, like, like me. (laughs) And I was thrilled to see that you, gosh, in 2020, just to do anything in 2020 was, is, is remarkable because the year was Mm -hmm. so messed up, but you started gloves and it's a, not only did you start a sustainability company, but it's a, it's a PPE company. It's, it's Mm -hmm. protective gear for folks. Yeah. Yeah. Right off the bat. How did you, how did you start this?
0: It was April, 2020. At the height of the pandemic, I was in my studio in Brooklyn, and I wanted to go for a grocery run. I hadn't for about two weeks because, you know, scared to go out, Um, but I wanted to make it like a thing. So I kind of dressed up for it. It was literally the next block, but I was just like, I'm going to look cute to go to the grocery store. (laughs) And then when I reached to grab for my PPE, my mask and my gloves, I realized that my gloves were this particular like royal blue that didn't spark joy and most importantly did not go with my outfit and (laughs) and I was like wait hang on my I have got customized masks I'm pretty sure I can figure that out but is anyone sort of providing disposable gloves in multiple colors just so people have options okay um and then I I I Also, in almost in the exact same moment, I was just like, also, it's like single use gloves, I'm going to be throwing these out. And I've seen just so many blue clear gloves um, lining the streets of Brooklyn, just littering the place. And I was just like, where do these go? Surely, again, making assumptions, there's someone who is making an effort in making these compostable, biodegradable, at least uh, eco-friendly, because we're using a lot of them right now. And as I did my research, I realized that no one was doing that. Like no one was providing eco-friendly disposable gloves. And on top of that, no one was making them in a variety of colors. So then I thought, well, I guess I could do it. It seems like something I could have fun doing. You know, um, I have uh, made some pretty significant life choices around the environment, including my diet. I am plant-based. Okay. Um, because, you know, I think animals are people too, and I don't like what factory yeah. farming is doing to the environment. So th- this wasn't, it's, yeah, it's, this yeah. wasn't the first time I'd, I'd made like a big life change because of my care for my earth, my planet.
1: A hundred billion pairs of single use plastic gloves end up in landfills every year. And they take over a hundred years yeah, to break between down. Between a
0: hundred and 300 years uh, to break
1: down. That has to be exponentially higher mm-hmm. now. In the past year, because every I've never ever worn rubber gloves in my life, but we we did a little flying last Mm -hmm. March when at the height of the pandemic, because we quarantined Mm -hmm. in Utah. Uh, we came back in August, but just wearing gloves in getting in and out of the cab on the airplane, I hated it. It did cross my mind to think that if everybody's doing this, gosh, the amount of garbage those disposable gloves must be Mm -hmm. creating.
0: Yeah. So traditionally, disposable gloves have been made out of three materials. You have latex, which is a natural rubber, and then you have uh, nitrile, which is synthetic rubber, um, and then you have vinyl. So those are sort of like the top three. The issue that came about with latex is that it was causing uh, allergies amongst regular users. And... It's not sustainable to to plant, um, but it is slightly more eco friendly than yeah. sustainable than uh, nitrile. Uh, nitrile, which is fast becoming the industry st- standard because it is strong, it is medical grade, it is more tear resistant than latex, is not as 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 sustainable as biodegradable as natural rubber. And that is actually what gloves are made out of. But I'm just going, I'm going to backtrack to that. The third category is vinyl. Now they realize that vinyl when exposed to UV rays releases very toxic chemicals into the environment. And so before COVID, there were huge like bans and restrictions on vinyl. And I think the last administration lifted the export of vinyl out of China just so that disposable gloves could get to the people that needed it the most. Wow. Gloves are made out of nitrile, but um, we're working with a manufacturer in Malaysia, actually the, one of the biggest manufacturers in the world. They have a line of gloves that are sustainable. So by adding a proprietary uh, chemical mixture um, into the rubber. So if you can imagine there's rubber pallets that you melt down in this big tub, and then you put casts of like different sized hands, that's how the, the gloves are made. So okay. in, in that molten state, they add a chemical that basically when the nitrile is exposed to microbes in the environment, it breaks down a lot faster. So currently the product breaks down between five and 10 years. We're working on making it break down faster, but it is a lot better than that 100 to 300 years that is the standard. And so gloves for now is a consumer good. We're selling them in pouches of of 10. In compostable pouching, by the way. Okay. And so, my goal is to bring this to the average customer, the everyday customer, and then eventually expanding into medical institutions because they're nitrile, they are medical grade, expanding into medical institutions to give them a more sustainable option at a competitive price. So, that's my goal.
2: I totally believe you about rubber and latex being more sustainable than nitrile but I'm Mm -hmm. also curious if that's because nitrile is industry standard and so there's just less rubber trees that are like being planted and require water and I would be curious I'm sure it's out there but I'd be curious if that kind of evens out based on scale
0: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah Um, and then I'm also obviously gloves that decompose in 100 years is not great But I think that gloves has brought up a really interesting question for me because Mm -hmm. I find microplastics really fascinating. And so I think it's great that they decompose faster. How do you deal with the idea of microplastics in your gloves because they are breaking down uh, in Mm -hmm. five to 10 years? And how are you ensuring or attempting, attempting to ensure that it's not creating a secondary environmental concern by having it? ingested by uh, wildlife
0: that's a great great question so the issue of of microplastics is a it's a real one and it's a question that i don't have an answer to right now all that i can say is that i want to give people the option of something better single-use plastic products especially when it comes to medical usage protective gear is an inevitability because of the risk of contracting diseases, healthcare workers, people in the food industry contracting diseases. Single use is almost unavoidable in that sense, just because there's so many contagious things out there. So my, my main goal right now is to provide a better option. There are so many ways that we can grow And one of the things that I've been thinking about lately is how do we, is there a way that we can go around hospitals or institutions that use a lot of either biodegradable or just regular nitrile gloves, gather those, you know, and sort of repurpose them, melt them down again, make sure they're completely sterile and reuse them. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things that I'm thinking about or melt them down, make them sterile and turn them into something else like soles for sneakers that will also then, if they're not biodegradable, if they're not gloves, then at least they're reused and made out of recycled material. My, my sort of next step from launching the MVP, which is just one color, is to expand into five other colors. So by the end of the year, we'll have six colors of biodegradable disposable gloves that are medical grade And then beyond then, we'll start looking at the B2B element. So actually supplying hospitals um, with sustainable options for um, single-use disposable gloves. And then after that, to innovate around printing gloves, because I'm also really passionate about providing these to pediatricians and making them fun for kids. Um, That's so cute. There was a huge, yeah, there was a huge problem with PPEs last year. It's just being completely like... um, you know, doctors were showing up to appointments um, in hazmat suits and people were scared.
1: They were showing so, up in garbage bags at one point too. I don't you know see, if you saw and, that, yeah.
0: Yeah, and they had like their pictures um, pasted on their hazmat suits just so that they, the, the, the patient could see what they look like. And so, you know, a part of gloves is also to just make PPE just more warm and inviting. And I couldn't think of a better place to start than with pediatricians because kids generally tend to be scared of dentists and doctors, and then that's where I feel like I will have you know once I have relationships with large medical institutions, hospitals, Ju- Jude's Children's uh, Hospital, then I can start implementing programs to be like, hey, can we have special bins for you know the rubber gloves the rubber gloves that you're using, and we'll come around with our truck and collect them and whether the facilities in the United States, probably less of a carbon footprint that way. Yeah. So we can melt them down and make them into something else. So it's long view, <laughs> yeah. but it's there.
1: In such a short amount of time, Gloves shows up and it's like, hey, we have a solution to this problem. You went from uh, just you turned into a like a glove expert overnight. It sounds like, like when you describe the by process necessity. of yeah, I don't my, know, right. by,
2: where we're in the middle of a pandemic, Tony.
1: Yeah, but wait. So my my instinct is to curl up with you know a, a bottle of bourbon and maybe some comfort food. But you're like starting <laughs> a company to solve the problem. That's right, in the middle right. of a pandemic. I'm a doctor. Say, mm-hmm. uh, I'm used to my materials and what I what what I need to be safe. Mm-hmm you come to me with this new type of glove, glove. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the, do you have like any sort of like testing that you can show like, hey, this is just as um, medical grade as what you're using and mm-hmm. it's better for the environment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cut a deal with us and buy from us so we can, you know, mm-hmm. not only be safe in, during these crazy times, but also uh, curb the use of, of, these, uh, of these pollutants.
0: So I've got two answers to your question. I think in terms of like white papers and um, actual vetted, tested, you know proven biodegradability and technology, we are leveraging that from our manufacturer. So in my research, only three companies in the world were actually providing tested um, and you know approved biodegradable gloves. And those are the, the companies that I hit. I mean, there's a lot of companies online, you go to Alibaba that are claiming that they have sustainable or that their gloves are eco-friendly, but when you like dig deeper and be like, you know can I have the white papers? What tests have you conducted? Um, and I can be specific about that. I just don't know the, the code, but okay. uh, my manufacturer top glove actually has a code um, attached to that particular product that proves that it is biodegradable within that time frame. That gives us an edge because we can actually prove it.
1: Mm.
0: And then um, the second part about cutting the deals with hospitals, in terms of like saying, "Hey, look, this is a a viable idea that we have actually been able to prove sales on." This is why I'm starting my company DTC, and I'm starting with like a consumer-based. I, I have to, as a businesswoman, prove that there is demand for my product and. Um, just because you know there's less volume of people going to physical, you know, brick and mortar stores. Right. This is the best way that um, me and my team have decided to get the product to the customer, and to get valuable insights. So when we are approaching, you know, bigger users of gloves, we can use this as a, as a trial, as it were, or as a proof of concept to say this is how much sales we're having in the DTC um, space to prove that um, it's a viable product and you're going to want this and then also just to add on to what you said i won't be negotiating with the doctors themselves unless they have their own medical practices which is definitely part of the market that we intend to approach especially like you know the medical industry in america is complicated and so i'd probably be talking to the procurement department of the hospital or the inventory buyer you know whereas it's probably going to be a lot easier to uh, start with uh, medical practitioners who already like, who buy, who are like in charge of buying their own stock. So that's where I'll probably start when it comes to the B2B element.
2: Can I ask a quick question Mm -hmm. about the, uh, how you're marketing to consumers? Cause you touched on a little bit, how there is um, not as much uh, demand like in stores and in brick and mortar places because of the current pandemic. So how are you going about, like getting gloves in front of people in terms of uh, brand awareness and recognition. Yeah, Yeah. is
1: is the, how big is the advertising campaign?
0: Right, I mean- Can
1: I get hired? Maybe I could be a spokesperson. I can model the gloves.
0: (laughs) You can be our influencer, Tony. (laughs) All
1: all five of my followers on Instagram will will buy some gloves.
0: (laughs) Look, one thing I've learned about like Instagram followers is that if they're not engaged and if they're there for the wrong reasons, they're not going to buy anything from you, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> right. I
0: have done crowdfunding campaigns and I know that my friends are usually the last people to buy my stuff. Okay. Um, but in terms of a go to market strategy, this is kind of what we're in the midst of with my team right now. We are, you know, all systems go with the manufacturer finalizing design elements today. We'll, you know, be in production by next week for the. Wow. We, we plan to deploy 10,000 uh mvp gloves pouches uh by the first of may so that's the goal and because we're kind of doing this simultaneously i mean my partners are business people right so they'll be like oh ideally we should have done this go-to-market strategy before we were even talking to the manufacturers but i don't come from that background i come from a creative background and i do what i can in the moment so we're currently sort of um not sort of, we're speaking to people who we think are in our target market to figure out their biggest pain points with protective uh, equipment, um, trying to figure out what what are the biggest issues, how we can solve those problems, how to message them. But it's likely going to take some uh, digital guerrilla DIY tactics. Yeah, guerrilla DIY tactics. Oh, our budget isn't that big. I'm not saying that it couldn't get bigger, but... I think our our go-to-market strategy will be a combination of um, digital ads on Facebook and on Instagram, perhaps like Google pay-per-click, and then um, also, you know, YouTube, which is a little bit more expensive, but effective if you know who you're targeting, and then influencer marketing. So that's how we plan to get the, the word out about gloves. And also, you know, as much as we only have like technically one product right now, we're marketing ourselves as an eco-friendly rubber products brand. And so we want, you know, gloves are kind of this thing that no one really thinks about. We want people like when they think about, oh, I need gloves for my travel, for example, I'm going to get myself a pair of gloves. So it's really about establishing the brand as the most responsible disposable glove. And then like working from there, finding our people, really honing in on that niche. And then, you know, just hoping i mean that's what marketing is right i feel you know i'm not an expert but there's a lot of there's a lot of faith involved like if you get the right people they can evangelize on your behalf and word can spread
1: well yes. I would love to- yeah go ahead jess
0: oh i was just gonna say
2: especially with influencers um mm-hmm. too they tend to have people who are very committed to uh them and and if they promote a product then people are more likely to get that product and i would also Warby Parker like wasn't uh, ready to go until like right before they launched or something, right? And so right. I feel like saying yeah, that you have to have, have like marketing way before you meet manufacturers probably isn't. I'm not a marketing expert, but I I would <laughs> guess <laughs> we'll that be. it's not uh, the
0: only way to do things. Exactly, and and I am the poster child for that's the way they've done it. This is the way I'm gonna do it, you know? And I think that's it. that's what makes business scary for a lot of people is that they think it can only be done in this one way. You have an idea, you do a pitch deck and then you go out and raise. I didn't do that. You know, I'm not necessarily that interested in raising.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's what surprised me was, uh, that would be the first thing I, I would think it shows how much I know. Cause if I was like, hey, I, I have this idea for a sustainable uh, glove company, I got to get an investor on board. I got to hit. I got to hit up every VC I, I can Google mm-hmm. and find out who can fund this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, did you? So you didn't do any of that?
0: No, because it it would take me away from from developing my my product and my brand. And I think that's what people need to realize, especially about like social media and VCs or the things that we think we need to do so we can do the actual thing. I want right. to sell a product. I want to provide sustainable disposable gloves if i spend six months looking for a vc that is time in my mind this is how my brain works that is time i'm taking away from gloves however if you know in the next couple of months when we have inventory and who knows maybe we're sitting on it because we're not in front of people's eyes enough yeah that might light the fire under my butt to get an investor on board (laughs) so that i can push my product but the focus is providing a good product and establishing like a good business. Because another thing about raising, um, apart from it then becoming about the raise and finding VCs is that it can give you the illusion that you are actually in business, whereas you're not selling anything or maybe the products that you're selling aren't actually covering the cost of goods sold, the customer acquisition costs, and you actually don't have any margins. So you're technically not in business if you're not making profit on every unit that you know, you're know you selling, you're losing money. But because you've got $5 million in your bank account, it kind of distracts from that. Right. And, and, and then also the fact that investors then become your bosses, right? Then you become an employee of your yeah, own company. Be your
1: own, own boss, Fikile.
0: Yeah. So, so, you know, I think about all those things. I'm not completely averse to like raising investor capital. Of course not. I mean, I got a grant from American express and that has helped me get my company further than I thought it would. Right.
1: How did you go about scoring that capital?
0: I had crowdfunded on out. I fund women before for tech Bay. I don't know if I told you about it when we were working together. It's a web series that I developed a couple of years ago about oh, okay. uh, women of color in tech. And so I raised, money on that crowdfunding campaign in order to um, produce the first season. Okay. And because I had been a previous raiser on iFundWomen when Karen Khan sort of reached out to, um, to us about a grant, you know, she was kind of like, you're right in line with this, um, you should apply. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'll look at the application process if it okay. takes too much time I want. But it was pretty straightforward. I didn't get that grant, but okay, I ended up okay. getting the subsequent grant um, from another branch. So I'm kind of like in that system, in that network, and I think that's why networks are also important. So yeah, that's kind of how it happened. It was very organic. Yeah, um,
1: obviously, you did a lot on your own, but you had to. You mentioned that you brought in team members, right. uh, clothing experts, PPE experts. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, how did how did you uh, you know develop your Avengers, so to speak?
0: Right, so um, one of my partners is, is a businessman and he ran a successful media platform as CEO. So he, um, he knows about like how to organize and like run a business. You know, he'll be the one who'll be like, have you thought about margins? Okay. Have you thought about, you know, customer acquisition costs? Let's sit down and look at the financial model. So he's really like, he's like the MBA that I didn't have. Okay. Um, <laughs> that I didn't get. <laughs> um, and then the other uh, lady who's on board is, uh, she comes from a public relations background. So she does communications. So she helps with um, just sort of, we're going through the customer journey segment of our marketing plan right now. Yeah. Um, communications internally, uh, the brand. And um, she does weigh in with a few uh, business, Operations things, so she'll follow up on things, chase people down. If there's some training that we need to have, she'll organize right. that. She introduced me to my accountant, and then everyone else is um, is a consultant. So you know, I work very closely with a packaging designer, and we worked our butts off to get this packaging, you know, yeah. to where we needed. It looks to. very pretty. Yeah, it's thank pretty. you. Um, and you know, when we do expand into different colors, the goal is to have, you know, it's a window. So the gloves in there are mint color, which we're launching with, Very cool. Um, but then to see what color gloves you're getting.
1: Can I get mine in plaid? Are you going to go plaid?
0: <laughs> so now we're looking into patterns. And okay. I think we said that was like phase three or four
1: polka dots
0: <laughs> i'm literally given the avengers thing and making ppe
2: more like friendly and stuff i'm picturing you know doctors in costumes with like amazing printed gloves and yeah just, like, <laughs> well for,
1: Kille, for has a connection with the avengers her husband was in black panther
2: That's get true. out of here just yeah. d- just miles <laughs> didn't know that
1: me. She's a superhero nerd like I am. So I, I wanted to save that for- Wow.
2: Yeah, wow. Reference. Way yeah. to just bury the lead, Tony. Come
1: <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, Fikile's cool. Yeah, I try,
0: you but... so know, vicariously sometimes, but- But
1: we have you for about another five minutes, but I, I want to get in uh, some ideas here. Where What's the next step? I mean, is, is are, are gloves just the beginning? Can we get maybe a, a gloves- hospital gown or, or gloves, mm-hmm. garbage disposal bags, gar- or poopy bags for dogs. Like how do you, yeah. you've kind of uncovered a way to make this thing, give people zero excuse to shift the, change the way they they package certain things.
2: Especially given like the PPE shortages like you touched on earlier. I I can't imagine like states not wanting to buy uh, gloves in bulk yeah. um, mm-hmm. just to mm-hmm. give options and also virtue signal that they're doing something for the environment.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's a really big question. Um, So because gloves is an eco-friendly rubber products brand, that's probably where we're going to be focusing our efforts and to figuring out like what rubber products can we disrupt right now with what we have. And so we were thinking, um, swimming caps. No one really thinks about that, especially when it's cold. Yeah. Um, and we were thinking again that sneaker idea of like, how do we repurpose nitrile um, to to the production of other things that need rubber? And and one other thing that came up was perhaps if we if we get like just raw nitrile, whether we've melted it down from recycled nitrile or whether it's like new nitrile to um, develop our own proprietary technology and patent that to, um, to sell to sneaker manufacturers so that they have a durable um, rubber base for their shoes. But you know, once those shoes get tossed out, they, they know that um, they are going to break down.
1: Right.
0: I actually, you know what, um, Jess, you made me think about, yeah, our, our animal friends and like how to make sure they they don't ingest you know plastics um there was a newsletter
2: and they mentioned microplastics which is mm -hmm. why i was in the front of my brain but we
0: apparently eat a credit card worth of plastic oh
1: don't tell me that 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 has to be a myth it's,
0: it's such a big problem you know and i think yeah people try you know municipalities uh districts try by like having things in landfills and like that is where most PPEs and disposable items from the medical industries are disposed of in order to try not to get them in the hands of animals. But yeah, sorry, I just brought that up because it's just made me think, like, how do we even make sure that that doesn't happen? Like, if these end up in the ocean, like, how do we make sure they don't get swallowed by anything? Yeah. But yeah, I think there there's going to have to be some kind of program that happens soon, whether I do it or we do it with a government institution that like collects these items and tries to like use them again or dispose of them in, in the most safe way possible.
1: Oh, Fakile, we got you for just under a minute. Where can Mm -hmm. we find gloves and where can we contact you if, if someone wants to buy them or yeah. Yeah. What, what could they do? How can they find you?
0: So we are at wear gloves. So W E A R gloves um, on all the social medias. Um, so just find us there, follow us there. Um, we're currently in our, a pre-sale phase. So if you go to our website, www.wearglubs.com, you'll see, um, a link for you to go to a pre-sale page where you can order your gloves and be your first, the first to get your hands in gloves.
1: Awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you can contact me on the glove social media. I'll see it and I'll respond if you have any questions we will or you can you can contact us at hello at all
1: right Fakile, thank you so much for joining us on who's saving the planet I, you certainly are doing that
0: thank you oh my goodness little <laughs> part right i think the big thing about like sustainability and i'm very sensitive to greenwashing is to just acknowledge look we are part of the problem but how do we do more harm than good how do we make ourselves the most responsible disposable glove?
2: That was our conversation with Vihile. Thank you for listening to this episode of Who's Saving the Planet. Hope that as soon as you're done, you're gonna run out and buy a pair of gloves, uh, keep you and your family safe, and help the em- environment while you're at it.
1: Uh, also, say uh, tune in next week for um, you know another episode or something like that.
2: Tune in next week for another episode of Who's <laughs> Saving the Planet. Take it again. Take it again. <laughs> <I> know, okay. <laughs> Tune in next week for another episode of Who's Saving the Planet.
1: No starving polar bears.
2: No starving polar bears. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it to me.